Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Positive Girl podcast with me, Sabrina. This is the show that will help you become your best self, and today we are talking about anxiety triggers. But before we jump into that, as always, I want to invite you to come say hi to me on Instagram. I am at Sabrina Joy Perozo, and I would just love to hear from you in the DMs, any questions, comments, concerns, progress, feedback, topics, suggestions, anything that you have Even if you just want to say hi and chat, I would love, love, love to hear from you. You're also welcome to send me an email to realpositivegirlpodcast at gmail.com. And you can, you know, go on over to my website, which is sabrinajoy.com. Sign up for the newsletter that's going to come out really here soon this month. And also send a message over there. So any way you do it, I would love to hear from you. And all of that information is also available in the show notes below uh, for how to spell everything and the email and the website. So again, I look forward to hearing from you. But let's go ahead and jump into today's episode, which again is talking about anxiety triggers. So anxiety sucks, right? It's not fun. It's not something we ever want to go through. It's one of those annoying things that I feel like many of us deal with on the regular. We are struggling with anxiety because there are so many highs and lows in life and surprises and uncertainties, so much uncertainty in our life uh, that a lot of us struggle with anxiety. You know, it's a terrible thing that creeps up on you. I really feel like it's a creeper and takes you in a chokehold. Like you feel like you are gasping for breath because it is choking you so much. And you know, when I experience anxiety personally, it's almost as if someone else has like taken over my body and in my mind and is like holding me captive. So let me just reiterate that anxiety really sucks. I am sure many of you would agree. Um, you know, and when we like noting that today's episode is anxiety triggers, we we talk a lot about triggers here and because it's really important to, you know, um, be aware of your own personal triggers and that will like wake and exacerbate your feelings and emotions and reactions in us due to, you know, so many different experiences, right? And it's good to be aware of those triggers so that you can um, overcome things easier in the moment or even prevent yourself from reacting in a negative way. And if you're unaware of what a trigger is, just let's just get it out here now. Um, Here's a quick definition so you can like better understand like what we're talking about. A trigger is a type of stressor that leads to an adverse emotional reaction from like a remembered experience or being re-exposed to like a negative experience or something similar, you know, something that kind of like sparks the same fancy of what you have been through and what ha- or what has been done to you or what you've experienced. You know, and this could be like seeing someone that has hurt you or even someone that looks very similar to that person being back in a place where something terrible has happened um, and just like having those memories drum up or seeing something that reminds you of a bad memory. So there are so many different things that could trigger you. And as important as it is to be aware of as many triggers as possible, because it is important, again, like I said, so that you're able to overcome things easier in the moment or um, actually avoid having any sort of negative reaction to what is happening around you and be able to like, you know, keep your emotions under control so that you're able to respond and not let it just like, you know, take over you. Um, Because being aware of your triggers, which 
I feel like I've talked about many times before. I don't know that I've had like a dedicated episode on it. I think I might have uh, maybe like a year or two ago. Uh, But, you know, being aware of your triggers will help you like shift your mindset out of fear when confronted with those things, those those bad memories, those reminders of people actually being back in those places and around those people, like whatever it is and whatever that experience is that it's kind of like coming back to haunt you. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, it can be more helpful to focus on triggers for, you know, as important as, as, important as it is to, to like be aware of a lot of them. It can sometimes like what I feel like today is to help focus more on something many of us struggle with to draw more awareness on what to watch out for. Um, Because, you know, you can know a lot and you can be informed a lot, but sometimes you might struggle with something more than others. And so if you are just tapped out on information on that thing, today would be anxiety triggers. And especially if you you, if that's like one of your main struggles that you have to deal with, why not be full of information on that? So that's really just my long excuse of being like, I think it's really important to talk about anxiety triggers specifically. Um, if you would like me to talk about triggers for other things, maybe you want triggers for like depression or triggers for anything, any other like mindset or mental health issues, we can definitely discuss those things. Um, just again, send me a DM, send me an email, send me a message, let me know. But I know that anxiety is really high right now in the world that we live in and it's important to be aware, right? So anyway, long story short, I just think it's super important to focus on it. Um, and knowing some common anxiety triggers can keep us like what I would think of as like vigilant and hopefully minimize how much anxiety we experience by being aware of what contributes to those feelings, right? You're kind of like cutting back on having to go through the experience of anxiety, hopefully, if you're able to, you know, be aware of these triggers and even identify more. Because obviously, my list today will not be like a conclusive list. It will be a list of common ones that I find are really important to be aware of. And then you can build your own list off of that. So that's why I wanted to share with you 10 common triggers for anxiety because um, awareness is key with mindset struggles. And the first step to take when wanting to make change and overcome is to no longer let these things hold you captive, right? And that goes with anything. You know, if you have a bad habit you need to break, whether it's like drinking or smoking or something like that, or if you find yourself depressed or you find yourself um, having like a victim mentality, right? If you find yourself hurting yourself, if you find yourself, you know, um, really locking yourself away and not allowing yourself to ask for help or receive help or anything like that, the first step, the key first step is to do, you know, not allow those things to hold you captive. And the best way for you to do that is to ask for help and also become more knowledgeable in the things that you are struggling and how to start to overcome it, right? And we may not be able to overcome, like fully overcome, like be done, like graduate from like that struggle, Um, but we're able to deal with it a lot better day to day and actually enjoy our days, find happiness and content uh, more than we were. So um, I just want to make a side note that the 10 common ones, like when I say common, you're probably like, oh my gosh, they're probably just like those boring ones, like don't watch the news. No. None of these 
are the typical, you know, not enough sleep, diet, alcohol, watching the news. I am not talking about any of those as anxiety triggers. Those can be anxiety triggers, but those are like super, super common things. I'm talking about common things, but like more specific things that, um, that are relatable. Those things are relatable, but I feel like they don't like, I want to dig it just a little bit deeper, right? Just a little bit deeper than the news because yes, the news causes anxiety, but that's not like breaking news for me to share with you. And I want it to be a little bit deeper than that. So, um, and then one more caveat before we jump into the list, just know, and I always am trying to let you guys know that I'm not making promises here. I don't, I hope no one is making any promises in like any sort of, um, mindset, mental health advice they're giving. But just know that sometimes you won't always be able to be aware of when a trigger comes on because it can happen suddenly. You can you can find yourself feeling as prepared as you as as you can and then all of a sudden something happens because a lot of life is out of our control and something will surprise you, right? Um, but this, like when things like that happen, when they come out of nowhere, despite how much you've prepared and w- try to be aware of any trigger that would pop out at you, that's when you need to use your skills of responding rather than reacting. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's better. It's basically boiled down to making a better choice than what your emotions in the moment will tell you to do. But we will talk about that more actually in the next episode. I'm wanting to talk about that for a while. I don't know if a lot of people will care. I hope they do. Uh, But we're going to talk about it because I find it's so super important. So, okay, let's dive into the list. Again, 10 common things, 10 common triggers for anxiety. So the first one is having to confront someone. I laugh because I call myself like the queen of confrontation and... I don't know why. Like, I think I, f- I find this like power, um, this courage in needing to confront people most of the time. There's definitely time where I have, times where I have to confront certain people and that makes me anxious and nervous and worrisome about how that is going to turn out. But if you ever have to confront someone, whether you're doing it out of spite, out of a negative reason, okay, that's your business, um, or if you are doing it because they are doing bad things. If you are doing it because a correction needs to be made, you know, they are hurting someone, they are doing something they should not do, you know, whether it's physically or emotionally, verbally, whatever, you need to confront them. So you, you know that you have to do this. You need to do this. It is necessary, but you still are anxious about it. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You worry that it might, there might be some sort of crazy repercussions or backlash in that engagement with that person. Um, but it's definitely an important thing. But yes, that is definitely a, a common trigger for anxiety. So if you find that you have to confront someone and that is a trigger for you, like just knowing that you have to do it or maybe when you get right up to it, you want to be able to tell yourself the reasons why this is important to do it, the reason why you decided to do it, and prepare yourself for any sort of backlash so that the anxiety is minimal at best because you've prepared yourself for what could happen. And yes, something random could happen outside of that, but you're able to calm your mind uh, as much as you can and understand that the situation might just go sideways, but you're prepared for that and it needed to happen. 
so it's necessary. Okay, number two, having to change your routine, the way you're doing things, change is hard. Change is hard for so many people. A lot of times, change will come out of nowhere. We will, you know, be pushed into a new season of life. Uh, Sometimes we know that change is coming. We make the decision to have change in our life, which is great. That's nice. That's like the Rolls Royce of change. Like, I'm going to make this change. Great. doesn't mean it'll be easy still. It's just like it's easier when you decide to make those changes rather than those changes being made for you. Um, Some sort of crazy natural disaster happening, um, you know, losing your job, losing someone that you care about, um, more struggles than you expected to come up. Having to change your routine and the way that you do things can cause a lot of anxiety because you're used to doing things a certain way. It's very comfortable. You know it. There is no question. There is very minimal uncertainty. But it's so important, I've talked about this before, to be flexible in your life because there's so much uncertainty in life. You don't know what's going to happen. And the more the more often that you practice being flexible in your mindset for what's going to happen and how things are going to shift and change as they need to, as things change in the world and as you grow and become a new person every single day because you're continuing to strive to become your best self, you need to learn to accept that those changes will come and that you will still be able to handle them. Because I totally believe that we are not given more than what we can deal with. God is not dishing out all of these like crazy expectations and kind of being like, yeah, I don't think they're going to quite live up to that, but we're going to give it to them anyway. I don't believe that. So we have to just accept that, you know, change is going to come. We can't anticipate when. And it's good for us to enjoy the time we have in the way that we're doing things now, but to know that we will have to shift and change to something else that will just make us stronger and better and might actually be better for us. Sometimes it won't, but that's when the growth happens. Number three, family stress. Now, I would say this is like a cliche one. You know, it's very like common, but I had to mention it because a lot of my anxiety growing up came from family stress. You know, family stress could be like abuse, whether that's physical or mental or both. Uh, finances, you know, relationship troubles, like a divorce, all of that kind of stuff. A lot of things for me was like part of like finances, um, kind of where we lived, you know, so that's like safety and my father and his issues and that being like, you know, that burden being put on me as well. Um, my mom doing drugs, like all these things, all these family stressors. And I just wanted to mention that, yes, you can be prepared and know like, yes, the, my things that are happening in my family do trigger me for anxiety. But if you know, it's not going to be easy though. It's not going to be easy because even though I knew um, the way that my dad acted or the things that my mom were doing was doing, it didn't mean it would make it any easier for me to not have anxiety. But I was able to accept the fact that I'm going to... F- tell myself, I'm going to feel anxious a little bit and I need to be prepared with how to calm myself down as soon as possible so that I don't let the anxiety run rampant in my mind and again, hold me captive. So there was definitely situations where you could walk into it knowing that anxiety is there waiting and willing and wanting to give you a big hug. But if you are prepared with, okay, if I'm triggered with anxiety for this situation, Okay, we need to find an appropriate way to cope and come down from that so that we don't stay in that 
for a pr prolonged um, amount of time. It's kind of like being in the pit of despair, right? So family stress, knowing that's coming, and then being aware that we need to do, we need to enact our plan of how to appropriately cope and back down from that anxiety. Number four, lack of control over situations. Lack of control is very interesting. It's, it's like, it's tough. I struggle with control issues for sure. I've shared that many times. I want to have as little amount of uncertainty as possible because I don't want to be surprised, right? And when you feel like you have control over everything, what which is a lie because even if you feel like you have control over everything, there's still things out of your control, absolutely, like no, no question. But when you feel like everything is in your control, you feel like you're you're on top of the world. You have no worries because it is under your control and you have already set aside ideas for problem solving whatever could get in your way, whatever could cause you trouble, um, which is helpful, which is smart. But again, if you walk into a situation where like you all of a sudden don't have control, someone else has taken control or just has control in this different situation, you need to be aware that if that is a trigger for you, then you need to be able to tell yourself, okay, I don't have control in this situation. I am not going to die from this. It's going to be okay. I might feel a little unsafe. There's definitely a ton of uncertainty, but I'm going to survive and I just need to believe that it's going to be okay and I won't feel so out of sorts with not having control of everything and just have faith and be able to be flexible and know that I'm going to get through whatever experience is about to happen. It's that discomfort of not knowing what is going to happen, how is it going to happen, and also wanting it to be done the best way. And when it's not done the best way, that can also raise anxiety because you want it to be done the best way, the most efficient way, whatever way that makes you feel most comfortable. And that may not happen. So lack of control over situations, definitely a trigger for anxiety. Again, if you're aware of it, it'll make it a little easier for you to deal with those situations where you're not in control. And maybe that'll help you to also relinquish control a little bit more over time in realizing that you don't need it to live your best life. Okay. Number five, not feeling prepared, ready to do something. You can prepare all you want, and this is kind of like one of the reasons, like this one is one of the reasons I had to make sure I mentioned that kind of caveat of like, sometimes you won't always be able to be aware of when a trigger comes up because you think that you've prepared for every scenario or every part of this experience or thing that you're doing, and then some sort of surprise pops out, and you're like, wow, okay, I am not prepared for this, or I'm just not ready to do this. I'm not ready to have this conversation. I'm not ready to break these ties. I'm not ready to give this presentation. I am not ready to say goodbye, or I'm not ready to start again. And those things are tough. I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm here for you for that, like for everything. But I'm, I understand those things are tough because you're just not ready yet. 
But if you are able to tell yourself that you'll never fully be ready for everything, again, that will have you leaning more into flexibility for your mind of like, okay, I am not 110% prepared for this. I do not feel ready in my mind or in my body, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to know that despite any failures or mistakes or faults that are made, I will learn from those things because that is the purpose of them. And I will be able to, I will be able to stand up stronger because of it. And that is the point. And that is so super important. So there's going to be so many times in life where we don't feel prepared and we're going to think that we have thought of all the triggers that we need to be aware of because we thought we were prepared and then we turn out not to be. But do not fear. Lean in flexibility of knowing I can't control everything. There are going to be surprises in life. There is uncertainty weaving in and out of our lives. And we need to tell ourselves that we are going to be okay and we have survived probably worse things. And if this turns out to be a worse thing, then you have survived so much that this is probably not going to take that much from you than all of those other things combined. Number six, overstimulation. Totally common, uh, but it's important because overstimulation can be like parties, large groups, busy environments. So I could be going to the mall, I could be going to a party, it could be going to, um, it could be like a, bus- a really big business meeting. Um, it could be so many things. It could be like walking outside on the sidewalk during rush hour in like New York City, you know? And that could be too much, right? And if you know that you have to, like if you're going to an, to an experience or an event or something like that where you have to be around that and you know that that triggers your anxiety, you can come up with a way for you to cope in the moment if you have to be there. Like sometimes you just have to be there. Like for me, for example, I do get anxiety at like parties where I don't know a lot of the people there because I don't have like a security blanket to hang on to. Last couple parties I've been to, the security blanket is the person hosting. So I couldn't just cling to them for the entire night. I had to like do my own thing, talk to people which is difficult for me. It's a lot. I get anxious about what I'm saying and how I'm saying it, what they're thinking, all all this stuff. And if you are able to go in and be like, okay, if I start feeling anxious, I'm just going to excuse myself from the conversation and go take a break outside or go take a break in the bathroom or in a bedroom or wherever you're allowed to go, right? Or another way that I like to deal with anxiety with overstimulation and at least at gatherings where you're required to talk to people, is to have several subjects on hand if it's just like free conversation or if it's like a work thing where you, ha- you generally talk about work stuff, have conversations already in your mind outlined, not thoroughly, but just like, okay, I'm going to talk about gardening and I'm going to talk about my latest volunteer project. I'm going to talk about how much I love this TV show. And I'm going to talk about what I think is going on in the stock market. If, if these are things you know about. And you can fall back on those things. Because if you're comfortable talking about those things. And you feel knowledgeable on those things. And smart and, and confident. Then that will help carry you through the conversation. That will help you feel a bit at ease. As opposed to someone coming out at you with like, hey, what did you think of the newest like orchestral piece from such and such? And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so 
in parties or groups where you're required to talk to people, it's nice to just have things to talk about on deck that you feel confident confident about because it'll make it a little bit easier. Again, it's always really good to like count to 10 in your brain if the anxiety has not subsided. Take a break and take as many breaks as you want. Come up with an excuse of like, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person or hey, I'm going to go check this out or hey, I have a phone call or whatever. An excuse is fine. If it's an overstimulation thing where you're in large groups, like you're on the sidewalk or you're at the mall or something like that, again, take breaks. You know, um, maybe you try to go to those places when traffic is minimal. But if you really can't do that, you have to be there during high traffic time. It's like going to the grocery store at like 5.15 on a Wednesday or a Sunday night. And there's so many people there. Um, But if you have a plan going into it, you're like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to get. Um, I like to wear... I like to wear like headphones and listen to stuff while I'm there so I'm not feeling like I'm having to deal with people and talk to people. I'm just like in my little, have my list. I'm listening to something. I'm listening to music. I'm just in like a route in the store, get in, get out, move on with my life, right? Um, there's so many things you need to do, but one of the biggest things, well, what things that you can do rather, but the one of the biggest things is for you to just focus on what needs to happen for you in that moment. In being in like a busy environment, you need to go to the store. You need to go to this part of the mall and pick up this thing. Or you need to get through the mall to go see a movie or something like that. You just need to focus on what needs to be, what needs to happen. Don't try not to feed too much into the chaos that is is swirling around you. They don't have anything to do with what you're trying to do right now. And there's no worry because you're just going from point A to point B to C to whatever. You're going to do what you need to do and then you're going to leave. And again, if you have to be there for a prolonged period of time, take a break. Okay, number seven. I'm joining on and on. I'm so sorry. Um, Number seven, judgment and criticism. Obviously, when we are judged or given criticism, um, it can be tough. It can definitely cause us anxiety because we're worrying that we're not doing our best. We are not living up to whatever expectations someone else has. We're not maybe not living up to our own expectations. And we worry about how that looks to others. We worry about how that will contribute to our future if our that'll ruin our success and ruin whatever goals or anything we're going after after right now. The biggest piece of advice I'm going to give you so that I can move on and not drone on and on for too long is to tell you that other people's judgment and criticism doesn't matter. There's a difference between like, you know, um, constructive criticism where people are giving you proper feedback. Um, That can be definitely anxiety ridden ridden a little bit, but I encourage you to widen your perspective on that because if you know that that's what you're getting, you need to understand that someone else is seeing whatever you're doing from a different perspective. And just open your eyes to like, okay, well, maybe that's how I'm seen or maybe that's how I'm received or heard or how this is seen and heard. And it's just someone else's perspective. It doesn't mean that it's like the gospel truth. It is just, you know, constructive criticism that could help you make some changes and, again, feed into you becoming your best self. But regular judgment and criticism, again, it's just someone's useless opinion. They are basically being distracting themselves from dealing with their own pain and hurt and issues, maybe their own anxiety, by pinning judgments and criticisms on you because, again, it distracts them from themselves and it always and it also 
um, will project feelings of how things that were done to them. So they were probably judged and criticized as well. And so they want to do that to someone else. It's kind of like that effect of being a bully because they want someone else to feel the pain that they are hurting. It's not the best way, of course, but it's the way it happens sometimes. Number eight, lack of goals or goals with sky high expectations. We can have anxiety and feel anxious when we don't have goals because we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know where we're going to go. We don't have a plan. We don't have a journey that we are on. And that's scary. It's worrisome. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. So it's important for us to at least be setting little miniature goals in our life, even if we're not like going after the biggest things ever. Small, short-term goals can be really helpful. Um, goals with sky-high expectations, ones that you know that you will not be able to meet or it will take you like almost killing yourself to meet it unnecessary, high anxiety. And you know that anytime you don't have goals or things to work on and you're feeling anxious about the future, that just means you just need to set small goals. I'm telling you like the smallest goal is like, okay, well, I want to like clean this part of my house or I want to get those things planted in the yard or I want to organize this or I want to um, work on budgeting this or anything in your life, right? Or I want to set aside set aside time every day to do this, read a book, watch a show, whatever it is, take a walk. Um, it's important to have small goals, and then with goals that are crazy, overarching expectations, you need to realize that if you continue to feed into having expectations that are so high in your goals, and you continue to have anxiety, there's you know there's a correlation there. And you need to realize that, okay, I'm having anxiety because I don't think I'm going to hit them. But if you were in charge of your expectations, then pull them back. That's not going to make you look bad. It just makes you actually look smart because you're not continuing to bend over backwards and break your neck to hit hit like milestones or progress points that you might not or you might fail getting up there and that probably are unnecessary, right? And if these expectations are thrusted on you, you need to Find the courage to tell them that it's not possible or it's not necessary. And this is actually causing burnout and breaking you down rather than lifting you up and encouraging you and challenging you, right? It's important when you're like achieving goals that you're being challenged and pushed so that you can again become your best self every single day. Number nine. Number nine and 10 are fantastic and really easy. So number nine is fear of failure. I have anxiety. Fear of failure triggers my anxiety so high. I have it every few days because I'm trying to start a business. You know, I'm partnering hand in hand with me with an amazing group of coaches to help me build my business. But I still have fear of failure, right? Because I'm starting something brand new. I'm starting something I don't know about. And I feel like that's the easiest time to fail because I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out and I'm being taught what to do and having my hand held, but I'd still feel like I'm, I might fail because I've never done it before. But there's been plenty of things in my life. This could help you. There's been plenty of things in my life that I didn't know how to do and then I figured out how to do it, right? And I feel stronger for that and it makes me excited. And it's really scary in the beginning, obviously, of course. And your fear of failing can definitely cause high anxiety. But if you look at it as, well, if I fail, 
I will learn something on how to do it even better. I've been given a gift of feedback from the world, you know, if it fails. And maybe it won't fail. And you have like extended all of that anxiety and worry for nothing, right? So it can go both ways. Or maybe there's like a partial failure, a partial succeeding, you know, partial success. That's great. You still get to learn something and you still get to feel the joy of things like going well, right? So fear of failure can definitely be a trigger for anxiety. But what you have to tell yourself is that there will always be some sort of like mistake or failure happening in our lives. Because again, that's the best way for us to learn and life isn't perfect, nor is it controllable or certain in any way. So we just have to take things in stride. Number 10 and the final one that I want to share with you today is fear of being alone. I wanted to mention this because I feel like a lot of people do struggle with being alone. I, you know, I don't struggle with being alone in regards to like family or friends. I think I would struggle with being alone if something happened to my husband. That would be devastating. And I definitely had the fear of being alone before I met my husband. Um, Because it gives you anxiety of like, will anyone be there for you? Will you have anyone to get comfort from or give comfort to? Will you have like that partner, that person that's going to be there for you? Um, Someone to lean on? Someone to care for? And that anxiety can drive you a little crazy because you're so worried about how to find that person, how to take care of that person, how to not lose someone that you think is that person when maybe they're not. And it's not going to be very helpful, just to be honest, but it's going to be a real answer is that you just have to trust your heart and trust that you will be blessed with that, with, with people in your life to do life with and people will come and go, but you just have to continue to have faith and believe that those people will come into your life when they need to. And some will stay and some will go. That's fine. I've had lots of people go, um, but I'm still better for those people and I don't regret it. So fear of being alone is a tough one. It's scary. It's sad. And it's tough, especially when you're going through struggling, you're struggling through things and you don't have anyone there for you, but just know you have to just have faith. This one, you have to have faith. I know that's not like concrete knowledge and answer, but you have to have faith that you're going to get that person that you need, those people that you need. Because sometimes for some people, the one person is not enough. I recognize that. And you'll get those people in your life. And you have to stop worrying about it because your worry isn't doing anything to change what's happening. I think you should think about that. That's my closing thing. It, whatever you're worrying about, so whether it's being alone, failure, confronting someone, family stress, lack of control. You can have anxiety and worry all you want, but that's not going to change what's happening. You know, actually problem solving and understanding that you have to flex and go with the flow for things to work out in the way that you want, as well as just the way it's going to work out for others and then the world. Just have to take things as they come and understand that worrying about it is not going to change It's not going to fix it. It's not going to change what's happening. It's just going to make you feel worse in the moment and for possibly an extended amount of time. So, okay, well, that's the 10. That's all 10, guys. I know this is long. 
That's all 10 of the common triggers for anxiety that I want to share with you for you to be aware of so that just things for you to think about, things, things, things for you to be aware of and start planning how you can cope and respond in those moments of knowing the anxiety might come or being able to combat it before it starts and being prepared in those situations or if you don't feel like you're prepared because you just drop were dropped into a situation where you could not have prepared, um, knowing how to cope and not just totally close in on yourself and take a break and take a breather and know that you will be able to survive. You will because you've survived so much in the past and there's so much more coming. Good, bad, medium, all the things. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Real Positive Girl podcast again with me, Sabrina, hopefully talking about anxiety triggers and like what that and just being aware of what those are so that you can know, like figure out how to get through those tough experiences and situations so that you don't allow your emotions to hold you captive, which is the worst because then you don't feel good and you feel up and down and you feel like a prisoner in your own body and you end up reacting in negative ways that sometimes you regret. That's no fun. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, downloading, sharing the show. You guys are all fan freaking tastic. I appreciate you all. I hope this episode benefited you. And then until next time, have a good one and I'll see you next time. Bye guys.